the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence today. In our own life experiences, we have witnessed the general devastation of mediocre living. We have also witnessed those who have risen above it no matter what challenges they face. The Bible tells us that nothing is too hard for God. With God, all things are possible. Any one of us can be an overcomer if we look to the hills from whence cometh our help. Fear not, for God is nigh. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander continues to set the record straight. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 39 says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. My friends, gambling creates the thirst of get rich quick. That's right. That is of the flesh and not of the spirit of God. Some people wonder, if I can just win this big one, I'll... I'll do this. I do that. I'll help my family. I help people. Proverbs 28, 22 says a man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will come upon him. Stop trying to, to find the shortcut, the easy way out, the quick way out. Stop trying to get rich quick. Slow down. Do it God's way. Be patient and learn to wait on God. People who are led by the Spirit of God will seek the kingdom of God first and not money. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Let me tell you something. You seek God. Put him number one. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Have a passion for God. Pursue God. God will make sure that you lack nothing. He will supply. He'll, have, he'll work miracles in your life. He'll do supernatural things. That, that's just amazing. Amazing when you put him first. Gambling contradicts the divine mandate of possessing a good work ethic. It goes against a good work ethic. Those two words. In Genesis 2.15 it says, Then the Lord God took the man, Adam, and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. Adam was created to work, which is why there was work before the fall of man and woman. You see, there was work. Work is healthy. Man was created to work. It was healthy. It was before the curse, before the fall. Proverbs 13, 11 says, wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. God wants you to work by the sweat of your brow. My friend, if you don't work, you don't eat. Stop subsidizing moonches. That's right. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12 also says that you also aspire to lead a quiet and a quiet life, to mind your own business. You know, that's a, that's a good word. Some of you are addicted to being in everybody else's business. You need to mind your own business. Stop worrying about what somebody else is doing and not doing and let God deal with you and your own household. 
and to work with your hands. I'm talking about good, a good work as we commanded you that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. You work hard. You give uh, your employers a good day work, day's work to the glory of God. Stop cheating the time clock. Uh, uh, st- uh, stop being on the phone long when you know you're supposed to be working. Stop taking extended breaks when you haven't gotten permission. Stop clocking in, stop going in late and leaving early and stop rambling all over the place. Gambling will bring about an increase of crime. The word is crime and poverty. Where there's much gambling, there will be much crime and poverty. First Timothy 6.10a says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Money is not evil with the love of it. Some people love money, love money. They just love it so much so they can't let it go. Uh, you got people who are just, they're stingy and they just hoard. You know, they're just pitiful. And God says here, if you love money, you'll find yourself engaged in all kinds of evil. When the social security check, the Lone Star card and the food stamps arrive and the meager subsistence of the poor are gambled away, the poor are driven deeper into poverty. Proverbs 14, 31 says, he who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy. When parents gamble, they become poor examples. That's what you put in the line. Parents who gamble, you are a poor example to your children. Children learn by what they see us do. The gambling industry even provides childcare and entertainment services for the children while the parents go gamble. 1 Corinthians 11, 1 says, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Let me tell you something about gambling. Gambling is addicting, whereas God wants us free. Gambling is addicting, whereas God wants us free. The experience of the gambler is similar to that of the alcoholic. He deludes himself into thinking that he will not become addicted only to see his life spiral out of control. He denies he has any problem, even though his family disintegrates. He ends up with enormous debt uh, and even steals to cover his losses. The gambler promises to quit, but rarely follows through unless he experiences a disaster which brings him face to face with the reality of his situation. Galatians 5, 1 says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We must not be addicted to anything in this world system because we were bought with a price. Christ cannot be glorified unless he has exclusive rights to our lives. We belong to Christ, which means we belong exclusively to him. He should have exclusive right to our lives. First Corinthians 6.20 says, for you were bought at a price. What price was that? The blood that he shed on the cross. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We also cannot give the Lord our best until we have been set free from bondage and enslavement to sin. Sin, all kinds of sins. You say, I may, you might, I may not have called your sin, uh, but that's okay. Anything else I haven't said, God is talking about that t- today too. I'm not going to be talking about the uh, bondage of gossip or the bondage of anger, you know, the bondage of pride, the bondage of stealing, the bondage of lying. Uh, you know, there's so many out there. You know what has you, and you need to deal with that 
in humility and contrition before the Father. Next, if you want to excel, if you want to walk in victory, if you want to run the Christian race successfully, number five, you must strip yourselves of excessive exposure to social media. That's the two words, social media. To engage in social media is not a sin. It becomes sinful when it has control over you instead of you being in control over it. Approximately 350 million people are suffering from Facebook addiction disorder that is detected through a simple set of six criteria. Number one, tolerance. This term is used to describe the desperate behavior of a Facebook addict. They spend an increasing amount of time on the site coming to a stage where they need it in order to obtain satisfaction. Or on the other extreme, it is having a detrimental effect on their lives. Secondly, withdrawal symptoms. These become obvious when one is restricted from using Facebook because they have to participate in normal everyday activities. Common signs are anxiety, distress, and the need to talk about Facebook and what might have been posted on their wall in their absence. Uh, Another one is reduction of normal social and recreational activities. Someone suffering from Facebook addiction disorder will reduce the time spent catching up with friends, playing sports, or whatever it is they used to enjoy doing, to simply spend more time, more time, more time, more time on Facebook. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Fake friends is another symptom. If eight out of ten people shown on their Facebook page are complete strangers, it is undeniable they have a serious case of Facebook addiction disorder. Complete addiction. When they meet new people, they say their name followed by, I'll talk to you on Facebook. Or for those who are extremely bad, I'll see you in Facebook. Their pets have a Facebook page. And any notification wall, inboxes, a friend requests that they receive, uh, give them a high. One which can be compared to what gambling addicts get from the poker or the roulette table. Number six, if we're going to live the successful Christian life and be all that God is calling us to be, we must strip ourselves of illegal drugs. Those are two words, illegal drugs. In 2013, an estimated 24.6 million Americans age 12 or older, 9.4% of the population had used an illicit drug in the past month. In 2013, there were 19.8 million current marijuana users, about 7.5% of people age 12 or older. In 2013, the number of current cocaine users age 12 or older was 1.5 million. Methamphetamine was higher in 2013 with 595,000 current users. Most people use drugs uh, for the first time when they are teenagers. There were just over 2.8 million new users of illicit drugs in 2013, or about 7,800 new users per day. Over half, 51.4%, were under 18 years of age. More than half of new illicit drug users begin with marijuana. Next most common are prescription pain relievers, followed by inhalants, uh, commonly known as huffing, using glue or paint. Drug use is highest among people in their late teens and 20s, 
2013, 22.6% of 18 to 20 years old teenagers uh, reported using the illicit drugs in the past month. Drug use is increasing among people in their 50s and early 60s. Old folk out there just letting go. This, in, this increase is in part due to the aging of baby boomers whose rate of illicit drugs, uh, drug use have historically been higher than those of previous generations. So you see, uh, uh, drugs is not going anywhere and uh, it is to be reckoned with. And truth be told, if you are honest with, with yourself, if you've checked into your family, it's somewhere in your family. I don't have to go far. I've seen what it's done to my siblings, or some of my siblings, and others in, my, in the Draper family reunion. So uh, all of us are not saved. And, uh, oh, that's my greatest evangelistic time. It's when I go to family reunion. And I get right in the midst of that. But I be smelling all like, I never will forget. Uh, I was going to a conference in California. I told this story before, but some of you got all these new folk. I was going to a conference in California. And um, I, uh, me and uh, one of the preachers who's here now said, I said, let's go to my uncle so-and-so's house. I hadn't seen him in a long time since I'm here. And so we tried to drop in on him, and I walked in there. And I started smelling. And all of a sudden, this stuff was all in my clothes, all over everything. I said, wow, huh, that's marijuana. And I said, how you doing, uncle so-and-so? He said, fine. I said to myself, I bet you are. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I talked to fellowship, but I wanted to hurry up and get out. I even had my bag, you know. We had our bags and everything because that was just a stopping point, and we were going to move on. I said, what if the cops had stopped in at that moment? You know, here I am, a pastor of Maranatha Bible Church all these years, you know, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm in jail uh, in Los Angeles, and y'all won't believe I just happened to stop by my uncle in the wrong place at the wrong time, and y'all see me, you know, back then, and I thank God they didn't have all this Facebook stuff back then. You know, I, I thank God this stuff is new and what old back then. I'd have been all over the thing. I'm just glad I didn't get caught. Sometimes everybody in jail is not guilty. Some people just in the wrong place at the wrong time and they get swooped up, you know, and there you go. There you go. So don't look at me like that. How many of y'all have some druggies in your family? Be honest, raise your hand. Come on, look, look, y'all just look, keep your hands up. Just keep them up. Come on, let's get real. Let's get real. And some of you raise your hand up because you want it. <laughs> confession, true confession, is good for the soul. <laughs> so, 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 then, then uh, number seven, you must strip yourself of the abuse, the word is abuse, of prescription drugs. 52 million people in the United States over the age of 12 have abused prescription drugs in their lifetime. 6.1 million people have abused prescription drugs in the past month. Uh, most abused prescription drugs fall under three categories. Uh, Painkillers, 5.1 million people are using that. Tranquilizers, 2.2 million are using that. Stimulus, 1.1 million. Reason teens use prescription drugs. Reason teens use prescription drugs. Why? Easy to get from parents' medicine cabinets. Uh, easy to get through other people's prescription. Less shame attached to using prescription drugs. Easy to purchase over the internet. Parents don't care as much if their children are caught using prescription drugs 
as compared to illicit drugs. How do you gain victory over addictions? I've listed so many. You say, you didn't list mine. You didn't say mine. Well, you know what it is. Start confessing. Some of you are addicted to talking too much. Some of you are addicted to selfishness. Some of you are addicted to anger. Some of you are addicted to bitterness. You still mad at somebody that, have done, that has done something to you 20 years ago. You're angry, you know. Some of you are addicted to, by being racial prejudice. You don't care for nobody, no other race but, but your own. And that's an addiction, you see. Some of you are addicted to pleasure, and your pleasure is not God's priority. Some of you are addicted to, t- to entertainment. You know, it's all about sports and reality shows and junk shows and trash shows and Judge Judy and Judge this. And if I see another Judge show, you know, just all this craziness. Now they got a show on called Lucifer and all this. I mean, you know, they had a crazy show called Preacher's Wives. I never saw one episode of that. Y'all know about that show? Anybody heard about that show? It was off now, but the Preacher Wives and all. Now you're scared to raise your hand because you think it's you. That's all right. Just go on. I've never seen it, but I've heard about it. But uh, it's so many ways. Some of you are addicted to talking, talking too much. You're too opinionated. Too opinionated. Some of you are addicted to meanness. You're just mean. You know, just mean. And uh, so addiction comes in many forms. How do we gain victory over addiction? A, you must be born again through believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Only then will you have the power within to help you have victory over your addiction. Colossians 1, 12 through 14 says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. We were born in this world on our way to hell. We were born in this world lost in darkness. We were enslaved. We were doomed and damned. But when we cried out to God for salvation and mercy, he transferred us by his power from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear beloved son. B, you first have to admit, the word is admit that you have an addiction, confess, the word is confess, and surrender them to Jesus. Remaining in a state of denial will only perpetuate the problem. So if, you, if you're going to conquer your addiction, you must admit, confess, and surrender. Well, Psalms 32, 5 says, I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. Stop hiding your sinfulness. Stop hiding your sin. You know what you're doing. Your husband may not know. Your wife may not know. Some of you messing up out of town. Some of you slipping and sleeping all over the place. Some of you doing some damnable things underneath and you're, at, and you're strutting around like a spiritual peacock in church. Don't you know the word of God says, be sure your sins will find you out. David says in the Psalms, I said, I will confess, confess my transgressions, that sins to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Now, some of you think you can prosper. You asking God to give you a victory and you want God to do something unusually extraordinary through you, but you got secret sins you won't get rid of. Proverbs 28, 13 also says, he who covers his sins will not prosper. He who covers his sin, you hiding, sneaking, and peeking, you will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Some people repent because they got caught. 
but it's wonderful when you can be uh, full of contrite and humility and just confess up before the catching up. How do you conquer your addiction? Have a spiritually mature accountability partner who can provide wise counsel and keep you and keep confidentiality. Don't share your private matters with a gossip. That's right. They'll put it up. It'll be out all over. It'll be all over the world in two seconds. Accountability is essential to making progress and achieving victory over your addiction. Therefore, humble yourself and ask for help. The scripture says in Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. Romans 15, 1 also says we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Regardless of how much accountability you have in your life, be mindful that you must hold yourself accountable by policing yourself because no one can be with you or follow you around or shadow you 24-7. You can have an accountability partner and be dishonest even in that type of accountability. So the end of the day, you still got to police yourself before God because if you want to do something wrong, you will find a way to do it and a time in which to do it. Won't say amen. Let me tell you something about conquering addiction. You defeat, the word is defeat Satan and resist strongholds with God. You, you, you see, you defeat Satan and resist strongholds with the word of God, with the word of God. This is how you defeat Satan. It's with the Bible, with the Bible. I'd say the first service, I require all the preachers of Maranatha to come up here with the Bible, not technology, uh, not gadgets, not iPads. You say, you guess all, I have all of that. I have it in my office. I have it at home. But when you, when I come up here, you have been pastoring for 32 years and I've come up here with one book and it's the Bible. Because it is the final authority and you need to see this book. That's right. Just the other day, we were at an occasion where the guest speaker from out of town got up with his gadget and he started, he couldn't, I guess it went on a blink and he was there. It was just stone silence for about three minutes and we, we were just looking and I felt so bad for him. I said, oh God, help him. I, I was getting nervous for him. Yeah, I was getting nervous for him. And he just said, y'all, I'm getting a little confused and this and that. And I just, I said, oh my goodness. You know, uh, that thing can go on a blink. It will let you down sooner or later. It will just flop. How many of you tried, you, you depend on technology and it flopped on you at the worst moment? At the worst moment. Uh, you didn't save something. You had to start all over. He said, oh my goodness, there it goes up in smoke. Bring your Bible. Even if you have technology, it's good practice in bringing the Bible because it has authority. There's no authority in that cell phone or in that iPad. No authority. People think you're in there playing, playing Pac-Man or something. You know, but when they see your Bible, oh my goodness, it commands respect like nothing else. And if you don't bring your Bible to church, I'm quite sure you won't bring it anywhere else. Matthew chapter four, verses three through four says, now when the tempter came to Jesus, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. And Jesus answered and said, it is written. Look at that. It is written from the Torah. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed from the mouth of God. My friend, this is the very word of God. It doesn't contain the word of God. It is the word of God. It is God's revelation from himself to humanity so that we will be brought into a relationship with Christ. It is inspired. It is inerrant. It is finished. It is complete. You can't add nothing to it. Can't take nothing from it. 
It is the book of all books. It is, it's not just a book, it is the book, and there is no other book like it. What must we do with the word of God? What must you do with the Bible? Well, number one, we must know the truth which sets us free. John 8, 32 says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The word of God is liberating. The word of God is emancipating. The word of God loose shackles and set you free. Okay. Uh, number two, what do you do with the word of God? Study the word of God. Second uh, Timothy two fifteen says, study to show uh, yourself approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You need to study it in its proper grammatical, historical, cultural context. You must exegete the scripture. You must read the scripture that you're in in light of the whole book. What is the intent of the author of the book? and asking God to speak and mulling over the book to the glory of God. Study the book. Number three, memorize the word of God. It'll help your memory and it'll keep Alzheimer's away. It'll help. Uh, Psalm 119, 11 says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The word of God tells us that there is no salvation in any other or anything except Jesus Christ, the only name under heaven by which we must be saved. We can and many do live victoriously through obedient faith in our Lord and Savior. In him alone, we are redeemed and forgiven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Throughout the Bible, we are reminded of the immeasurable gifts God has given us. One of those gifts is the miraculous gift of motherhood. The Maranatha Bible Church family invites you to join us on Mother's Day, Sunday, May 14th at 10 a.m. as we thank God and honor all mothers during our Mother's Day worship celebration. Come and be blessed as we praise God together on this special day. The Maranatha Bible Church family will celebrate its 35th church anniversary on Sunday, May 21st at 10 a.m. We invite you to rejoice with us as we praise God for all he has done through the faithfulness and leadership of Pastor Rander Draper Sr. and Sister Darlene Draper. Come and celebrate the goodness of God through the unwavering obedience and faithfulness to our Lord and Savior. You will be blessed. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.